Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Luke chapter 11 verse 1 reads as follows. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Based on what I just read to you, I want to talk to you from this topic. Lord, teach us to pray. In fact, will you just look toward heaven and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your word today. And we pray that the word of God will have free course. Help me to teach your people, Father, the significance of prayer through your word, Father. And we continue to bind the enemy. They will try to stop or hinder what Jesus is doing. We cast them out. We plead your blood over this service today. Father, pray that we have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying in this sanctuary. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. We are living in what I will consider a turbulent time, a confusing time, a time of conflict as well as disorder. Some may identify these times as stressful times, times where it is demanding, trying, a constant feeling of anxiety, worry, as well as a high amount of unusual pressure. Stress has a way of revealing itself through aches and pains, chest pains or feelings like your heart is racing, exhausting or trouble sleeping, headaches, dizziness, lashing out at people, high blood pressure, low, uh, excuse me, high blood pressure, stomach or digestive problems. We see people constantly searching for ways to deal with stress. They're looking at all types of Internet products. They're discovering things that they put out on the market. And also people are looking for ways to deal with stress in what I would consider unhealthy ways. Unhealthy ways such as drinking liquor, eating too much or eating too little, sleeping aids in order to get to sleep at night, street or prescription drugs, ungodly or unhealthy relationships. And then there are good ways that you can also deal with stress through exercise, meditating and applying the word of God, praying and fasting, healthy eating such as fresh fruits and vegetables. You know, it's hard for me to say fresh fruits, ain't it? You know, it's how it's hard to get off my mind. Y'all pray for me on that. Hallelujah. And that next word, vegetables. Woo, glory to God. I'm going to say this next word. Don't hold it against me now. But water. I ain't talking about an ounce now. I'm talking about. I'm going to say this next word. Don't hold it against me neither. Lean meats. That was tough right there, y'all. That was that might be the toughest sense I say the whole whole this whole sermon. <laughs> the Bible lets us know we're living in the last days and we may be dealing with chaos, confusion, stress, anxiety, worry, and so forth. Let me give you a few scriptures to indicate 
the time we're living in that could be that we consider maybe stressful or turbulent. Let's go to Second Peter chapter three and verse three. Second <clears throat> Peter chapter three and verse three. Knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. So notice what it says here, that knowing the last day, the scoffers, scoffers are false teachers and mockers will come in the last days or the end times. Now, false teachers relate to the church because when individuals are in the world, we all exactly know that they're not saved. So how can they teach Christians anything that is valuable? Because they're based upon their feelings, their emotions, and so forth. But people in the church, we need to understand when we false teachers come across our pathway, telling us things that don't line up with scriptures. Because why? They're walking or falling according to their own lusts, their own desires, their own craving, and those things which are forbidden. And Jesus said we're going to, these individuals will be a part of the last days. Now, before I go further, let me say this to you. False teachers should not surprise you that they're here in the time that we're living in. It shouldn't surprise you. If you go on the Internet, you, sh- you, you should be able to discern false teachers. If you hear somebody saying something that is not in line with Scripture, you should say, oh, that's a false teacher. Let me go on to the next video. Are y'all following me here? We don't need, we don't get caught up in those type things and try to take them as gospel. Our next scripture is Matthew 24, 10 through 12. Matthew 24, 10 through 12. <clears throat> it reads as follows. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So it says many will be offended. And, and they're being offended means being enticed to sin. And, and will betray. They're going to deliver up or give over one another and will hate. One another. Hate there is to detest one another. And then it says this, there are many false prophets, one who acts divinely inspired, but others falsehood will rise up and deceive many, seduce or cause many to go astray. Now, this is what you need to know. You, uh, we should know better than let people take us astray. We should know better. We study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If somebody tell you that giving ain't right, you don't say, hold on, too many, too many Bible, too many scriptures in the Bible that talks about giving. If somebody tries to give you a hate message, you ought to say, hold on now, God is love. And when they start talking that, you ought to say, hold on, you, mm, you might not call a false teacher, but you're thinking in your mind. Error, 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 error. These individuals are false teachers. But notice though, there's some people they're going to deceive and cause them to go astray. 
which is sad in my opinion. And he goes on in verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We talked about this last week. Because lawlessness and iniquity are basically going against God's world, will abound, it's going to increase, the love of many will continue to grow cold. They're going to be in a position where they grow cold or the things of God are not as important to them. The spiritual aspects are not as important to them. Why? Because they're growing cold. Let's go to another scripture. Second Timothy chapter three and verse one. The book of Second Timothy chapter three and verse one. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of many, money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, and brutal despisers of good. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but not denying his power. And from such, people turn away. We're down to verse 5. But notice this, but in the last days, again, the end of times, perilous, difficult, and dangerous times are going to come. So notice the checklist he gives us. Well, men will be lovers of themselves. Check. They have lovers of money. Check. Boasters. Check. Proud. Check. Blasphemous, check. Disobedient to parents. Can I get a check mark there? Unthankful? Unholy? Unloving? Unforgiving? Slanderous? Without self-control? Brutal despisers of good. And we can keep on going. Look. So the Bible right. The Bible is right. This is what we consider the end times. And this is what you need to understand. You might as well not even pray against this one. Because if Jesus, since Jesus said it, it's going to come to pass. What we need to do is make sure we are ready spiritually so that we're not one of these. Oh, yeah, I didn't get no way man's right there. That, that, it was good point to me right there. We got to make sure that we are not these individuals that the Bible talks about. And if you find yourself like that, then repent and ask God to forgive you. And so in turn, you can get right with God. So in turn, you don't want to be those individuals that God is talking to, excuse me, that Timothy spoke being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, and insightful, but in, excuse me, as insightful believers, we must constantly be aware of the times we're living in so that we do not become complacent in our faith. We've got to be insightful, in, intuitive, and perceptive about these particular times. Because if, when Jesus said that these times are going to come, then we just got to make sure we are not those individuals. We got to make sure. You got to say, hey, you know what? God, check me. Lord, let me know immediately as soon as I become like these individuals here. And then I need to repent and get my act together. Are y'all following me so far? Because you can become complacent. You can become a feeling of uh, feeling security upon being unaware of potential danger. 
We always want to develop our prayer life so we don't become complacent or ineffective in our Christian journey. Now, let's define prayer for a moment. Prayer, in my opinion, opinion is a two-way communication with God. God talks to us and we, we talk to God and God talks back to us. It's a tool we can use to help us to remain discerning and God conscious of regardless of whatever situation or challenges that we may face or the time that we live in. So I want to make sure that I'm praying because prayer keeps me God conscious. It keeps me God conscious. So if I don't pray, I'm not going to be as God conscious as I need to be. See, it's confident to know if I do become stressed or anxious, I know that when I ask God anything according to his will, he hears us and then he gives us the petitions that we desired of him. Let, let's prove that. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and verse 15. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and verse 15. I want you to notice what the Bible says. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. See, sometimes you may not feel like your prayers are getting through to God. You ain't never lived long enough because Praying, praying sometimes you can feel like, oh man, this prayer is working right here. But then again, it may not even be working. Cause why? It feels like it's working. But feelings really have little to do with prayer. Prayer should be what we do based upon God's word and his commandments that he gives us. And I like what it says here. And when we pray, we have to have confidence. We have to have courage. We got to have boldness. We must be assured that if I ask anything, anything according to his will, according to his desire, his purpose, his choices, he hears me. I'm talking about not just anybody hears me. I'm talking about the God of the universe. He hears me. Oh, when he hears me, I know God is doing something special. When I know he hears me, he hears me. Oh, how many know God hears you when you pray? Oh, this is confidence right here. See, when you know that God hears you, it's not based upon your feelings because you can feel like he's not hearing you and you feel like he's not hearing you. I'm no, I don't pray based upon my feelings because I can feel like this, that and the other, but it may not be what God wants me to do. But if he hears me, what does it mean when he hears me? He, he he comprehends what I'm saying. He considers me. He perceives what I'm saying. He understands what I'm praying for. Thank God that man may not understand my prayer, but God understands my prayer. Because sometimes it's hard to articulate what you're thinking and what you want to do in your heart to another man. Or to another woman. But you can articulate to God because God doesn't look on the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. 
I thank God that when we pray, God looks at my heart. I can be in a room and I may not can say, Lord, I want you to do this, that, and the other. But God said, you know what? I hear your heart, son. I hear what you're saying and what other people can't hear you saying. I thank God that people may not understand every heart desire, but God knows what you're thinking. Isn't it good to know that God knows what you're thinking when man look at you all funny like, well, what you talking about? No, God hears our prayers. He understands your heart. Let me tell you something. You can't articulate in words everything that's in your heart right now. But God knows your heart. He knows it. I'm talking about you can tell your family, hey, family, I want us to pray about this, that, and the other. And you can have an urgency about it. But your family looks at you like, well, here they go. They want to pray again. That's all right. They want to pray. All they want to do is pray. All they want to do is talk to God. All they want to do that. But you say, well, look, that's okay then. Because it don't matter what they think. It's a matter of what I, me, and God got going on. Are y'all following me here? I need to know what me and God got going on. Because I know when I pray, things happen. I'm going to say this for later, but let me share something with you. When I pray, demons are cast out. When I pray, bodies are healed. When I pray, people are getting prosperous. When I pray, people are getting delivered. They might not even know they're being delivered, but God knows. Are y'all following me here? And that's what I Oh, I thank you, Lord. I got one more for you. Listen, when I pray, protection is going on. I remember my, my son, when my dog used to walk and catch the bus, I said, Lord, cover him in prayer. Cover him, at the, cover him. I can't be with my children every day when they go to school. I, can't, I don't even know who they're going to school with most of the time. But God knows. And I say, God, protect them as they travel up and down the highways. Now, let's go a little further here. Uh, this is the confidence. He hears us and we have the petitions, the requests uh, that we have asked of him. Well, we need to understand the importance of powerful prayers such as Matthew 6 and 10. Let's go to Matthew 6 and 10 and look at this prayer here. Now, let me say this to you. We will not cover all the prayers in the Bible. There's many of them, but we're going to cover just a few to give us a better understanding. Matthew 6 and verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I like this. Your kingdom, your royal power. Not small power, but royal power, majesty, rule and reign, dominion. Come where it come. Come right here. It comes right here because I listen. It's wonderful. It's wonderful when it go over to Africa and and New Zealand and Switzerland. But I need for it to come right here in Villa Rica, Georgia. Are y'all following me here? We need his kingdom, his royal power, his rule, his dominion to come right here. And I like this. Thank you, Pastor. And, you know, just mention that insight. Love casts out fear. Sometimes that fear is in family members. Sometimes that fear will grip the entire family, but sometimes it's family members. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, earth is a big place. So I like the fact that I can I can pinpoint it right here at 3097 South Van Worth Road in Villarica, Georgia, because we on earth. I can take it not just all over the world, but I want his will to be done right in this sanctuary. Let me get a little bit more specific. Right in your life. I'm talking about you in the purple, you in the red, you in the green, you in the white, you in the black. I want his will to be done in your life. 
I want it to be done. We said, why you keep praying? Because I want him to execute his will in your life. Because your life would be a whole lot better, his will being there. Because my will is messed up. I can't do it like God do it. This lets me know when we pray according to his will concerning our family, our careers, our choices, problems we may encounter, businesses, our school, our workplace. We're asking the Lord for his will to be done, to accomplish, to happen, to perform, to be, to make it happen. And this is what I love about God. And we we don't need to be moved by Anything else, but we want his will to be done. In fact, I keep praying to his will is done. I keep praying till you get delivered. I keep praying till you prosper. I keep praying till you get delivered. I keep praying till you get whatever God wants you to be. The problem is some of us give up too quickly because we think it's not working. Woo! But that's, that's a lie from the pit. Let me tell you something. When you pray, things are happening. Things are happening. I, I can't see it happen. Don't matter what you see, because we walk by faith and not by sight. We are believe people that believe in the power of prayer. I believe that when we pray, the will we're better able to know and do the will here on earth and have access to His divine promises. Sometimes I think it's uh, I, I I think we do most of the talking. I thought we did most of the talking to God, but God kind of reminded me. Let me tell you a quick story, right quick, because I was meditating upon this. And I was, I said, God, you know, we talk to you and then we do most of the talking and then you, you talk a little bit back to us. And, and I know sometimes when I get something in my spirit, I can rest with it and keep on moving. But I couldn't rest with this one because he said, uh, uh, think about that again, son. I said, OK, OK, I think I, I must be. So I had to repent, y'all. Look, long story short. I repent to all y'all. God talking to us all the time. All the time. What do you mean, Pastor? He's talking to us through his word right now. You can see the sun come up. That's God talking to you. Did your car crank? That's God talking to you. Did you eat something yesterday? That's God talking to you. I, I, listen, I know, I know some of y'all need to go hunting looking for your food. And, and, and you did, uh, you did skin that, that, that whatever you ate yesterday, <laughs> processed it and got it all done. I'm going to tell you a story about the chicken regular, but <laughs> you didn't do nothing like that. If you ate a big chick last week, he didn't go catch the chicken. You didn't wring his neck. You didn't take pluck his feathers. And you just went to the chicken stove, got you a three piece or a two piece and some french fries and a roll and you ate it. But that's all you knew. That's all you knew. God is talking to us every day. Every time you, that's God talking to you. Every time you can move with walk with your limbs, that's God talking to you. I like what he said in the book of Revelations. When you got an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to you. When you go to work every day, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. When you are got a roof over your head, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. When you got transportation to and fro, that's God talking to you. Don't you ever think like I used to that God barely talking. I had to repent. I repent to you right now because I, I lied about that. That's not correct. We need to make sure we understand God is always talking every day, every day, every day. If you can see me right now, that's God talking to you. 
If you can use your voice to talk, that's God talking to you. Every day, God loads us daily with benefits. We got to understand his benefits. Understand God's talking to us every day. Every day. One aspect of prayer is that we make our petitions to God according to his will. See, prayer should be sacred. It should be holy and respectful. We should not take prayer for granted. Let me tell you something. I, I tell you right now, you, you believe me or not, not everybody can pray like you pray. Not, not everybody knows how to use the name of Jesus effectively. They pray in everything else except the name that is above every name. Listen, when you pray and you use the name that is above every name, every knee going to bow and every tongue going to confess. When you use the name that is above every name, you can ask anything according to his will. And he hears you. Isn't it good to know that when you pray, you can make good? Let me tell you something. One thing I know that is sad to say, a lot of people do a lot of talking, but let's pray. We got to learn how to pray. And be not just pray when, when it's convenient, but have a prayer life, a prayer life, a prayer life. We we should have a spiritual ear with the Holy Spirit is giving us back in response to our prayer as well. Hear what the spirit is saying. I, you know, when I when I start doing that, I start noticing, OK, God talking to me. God talking to me. He talking to me through Videos, he's talking to me through uh, our Sunday school lesson. He's talking to me through the sermon notes. God is talking to me. And not only that, it takes maturity to get to this particular level. To understand God is constantly talking to us. Some of the ways he responds back to us is through his written and revealed word. Whether it comes to devotion time or through the, the pastor or as the pastor feeds the sheep with knowledge and understanding. Real quickly, Jeremiah 3 and 15. I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. A divinely connected sheep receives answers and directions to the petitions as the Holy Spirit directs. He gives us instructions. He gives us instructions. Thank God he does. See, a divinely connected sheep who is developing their prayer life will receive knowledge, information, and skills, as well as understanding, insight, which will cause us to prosper, which in turn will cause our spiritual senses to discern the move of the Spirit through our prayer life. In other words, the prayers will cause us to adjust. It causes us to make alternative moves. It causes us to tweak some things. But it put us in a position so that we will prosper. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in hell, even as thy soul prosper. This is the part I, this is one of the reasons I believe it's important that we ask the Lord Jesus to teach us to pray. Today's text, one of the disciples had the revelation that if if they're going to pray effectively, he needed to be taught. If he's going to be successful in producing a desired or intended result, he needed to be taught. I believe that effective prayer life gets intended result. It's going to require us to be taught. We need to be taught how to pray. We need to understand that at times our prayers may change 
the situation, but at other times, prayers are going to change us in the situation. Boy, you ain't lived long enough to ask God to change everybody. Change them, God. Change my husband. Change my wife. Change my children. Change my job. Change. Change that church. Change. Change. Change everybody, God. You know, God just sit there and look at you sometimes. You ain't lived long enough until he just say, okay, I'm going to keep waiting until you get to the person I'm trying to change right now. And you wait for God to change your work, your job, your school, your children, your money, your, 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 your. And then finally you get that mirror and you look up and say, God is trying to change me. Oh, my goodness. I thought God was going to change my children. I thought God was going to change my spouse. I thought God was going to change my business. I thought God was going to change my money. Oh, but you ever notice when you ask God to change certain things, things might get worse before they get. That's just personal, y'all. I'm sorry. Y'all get that a little bit later. Got this disciple right here. Let's go back to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Luke is recorded this encounter. Because Jesus was praying in what we consider a certain place, a certain place, certain place. He was praying and it was seen that one of his disciples noticed that Jesus was praying what to me is my opinion, like a prayer that was different from the others. This man, Jesus was praying. And I don't know what the Bible doesn't say exactly what he prayed, but he was praying. His disciple, one disciple we know, was there with him. And I believe the other disciples were with him as well. He was in a certain place and was praying. And after he ceased praying, that disciple asked him what I believe is a game-changing question. One that not only changed the disciples' life, but I believe if we follow the pattern, it'll change our life and make it better. It'll take our spiritual life to another level. when When the Lord finished praying, he said, Lord, teach us. In my mind, I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking, something different about your prayer. One thing he did not say, which to me gives me an indication, he didn't say, Lord, do we need to pray? But teach us to pray. So I believe, this is my opinion, the disciples were praying, but they were not praying the way that Jesus was praying. He said, Lord, it give me the instructions. Explain to me how I need to pray. It reads as follows. Now it came to pass, he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught or instructed his disciples or his followers. 
John has been teaching his people to pray. Now, let me say this to you. If it wasn't effective, I don't believe this disciple would have asked him to teach us to pray. Why? Because you don't ask somebody that's doing bad how to do bad. Well, y'all didn't get that, did you? I'm sorry. If it was not effective, if it was not making the difference, then I don't believe we would ever would have read about this encounter in Luke chapter 11. So evidently, in my mind, John disciples started praying more effectively. Jesus was praying effectively. And this disciple said, hey, 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 y'all can't pray like that and not let me in on what y'all are doing. If you're going to be effective, I want to be effective too. I don't want to have just an ordinary prayer life. I want a prayer life that's going to change not only my life, but the people that I pray for life as well. See, prayer is not a selfish thing. It's going to be effective not only in your life, but in the ones that you're praying for. He asked a life-changing question. Not only did it affect the disciples, but I believe it is a game changer for us as well. <laughs> a game changer. Woo. See, we never know how much our prayer life will ignite someone else to pray. We may not pray like others, but at least we are praying. And in my opinion, it's much better to pray than to talk about prayer and never pray. You got the 10 steps of prayer, but you never pray. You got step one, step two, step three, step four, to step five, step six, step seven, step A, step B, step C, step D, step E, step F, step G, step H, step I, oh, step AA, step BB, step CC. But you ain't pray a lick. In fact, you notice when the disciple asked Jesus the question, what was Jesus doing? He was what? Praying. If you really want to learn how to pray, you better go to somebody who prays. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to learn from them because they require me to pray. How are you going to learn to pray by somebody who don't pray? Jesus was praying. I'd rather go to somebody who's praying. I may not pray like that because, you know, sometimes I thought about this example here. Uh, a family member of mine, I won't call her name. I'm going to say her. When she go to the hospital, she pray for the instruments. She pray for the medicine. She pray for the sheets on the bed. She pray for the atmosphere. She pray for everything. I could be intimidated. <laughs> when I go all that plan, like, you want me to pray, you want her to pray. But I said, okay, I'm just going to learn from it. And so I just incorporated what she does into my prayer time. She didn't know it, but she was teaching me how to pray. 
Y'all missed that, didn't you? See, same principle goes today. They were praying. John was praying. John's disciples were praying. And they were learning. Hey, I got to learn how to pray. I'm praying, but it's not as effective as I want it to be. And so now he, he sees this and, he, and, he, and the Lord says to the, to the disciples. Whew, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to skip something very important. I skipped something very important. The disciple was asking for everyone. Everyone. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, you know what I thought find interesting about that? He wanted every one of the disciples to be an effective prayer. See, we need believers who see the need in their brothers and sisters in Christ to develop their prayer life for prayer to change, for prayer not only to change them, but to change their family, their church family, their loved ones, and so forth. My prayer for OCC is, Lord, teach us to pray. So that we can pray as a church, and most importantly, in our devotion time, we'll be open to the Holy Spirit to, to continue to develop our prayer life. Now, let's go to Luke 11 and 2. Jesus was very specific to let them know, when you pray, say certain things. Notice what he says. When you pray, when you offer your prayers, when you have this conversation with God, say Speak out, be intentional, command, direct, point out with words certain things I want you to say. I don't want, listen, I know you got an opinion about how things should go, but really, I want you to say what I tell you to say. I want you to pray what I tell you to pray. Say it like I want it said. Now, notice what he says here. I'm going to go, there's a lot in this, Lord Jesus, here we go. It matters what we say in prayer. Let me say that again. It matters what we say in prayer. We We may not know everything to say, but we need to understand that when we offer prayers, we're commanding things, we're directing things, we're intentional about what our God is doing. Notice what he says, our Father in heaven, how will be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He started off with our Father, our God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. I believe that when you start off in prayer, you need to establish who you're praying to. I don't, I, I'm not praying to Buddha. I'm not praying to the Muslim God. I am praying to Jesus. He is my Father. And I'm not praying to a weak God neither. I'm praying, I'm not praying to an unintelligent God. I'm not praying to a God who lacks creativity. I am praying to the all-knowing, all-powerful, creative, protecting, ruling Savior, Jesus Christ. The one who knows all, who can create whatever he needs to create in order to fulfill his purpose. Oh, that's what I'm praying to. I'm not praying to a weak God. I'm praying to the God in heaven who created the heavens and the earth. And if God got to create money, he can create money. If he got to create a healing, uh, uh, something for me to take, he can create it. Whatever God got to do to get his will done, God got the power to do it. I like what Genesis 18 and 14 says. I'm going to read the first part of it. You can mark it in your Bible for later. Genesis 18 and 14, the eight clause. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
Is anything too hard for my Savior? Oh, I like that question to that. Because let me go ahead and answer for you. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. So when you pray, believe that you're going to a God that can answer and do anything, save fail. So when I pray, our Father, I just released something right there. I just released something right there. When you need healing, God can heal you. Where the medicine has not been created, it don't matter. (laughs) Woo! Your finance can look funny. And God said, it don't matter. I can still supply your need without a job. I can put a roof over your head and people wonder how you got the roof. I can get you a car with bad credit. I can get you a house with little money down. I can get you anything, but you got to believe. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for my Savior? Well, Pastor Bob, you don't know how my credit's jacked up. Oh, is anything too hard for God? You don't know what the doctor said. Is anything too hard for God? Is, do you, you don't know what they said. Is anything too... Woo! Ah, mm, 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 mm. Look at somebody and tell them, nothing is too hard for God. When we pray, we need to have the same mindset that whatever we ask for, God, however difficult man may make it, it's not too hard for God. It's not too difficult. It's not not beyond his power. And he has the power to create a miracle. He knows how to create one. Then he goes on to say this. How be your name? Sanctified and holy and consecrated is your name, which represents your authority, your character, your command, your excellence. Is anything too hard for God? Anything too hard for God? Therefore, it causes, when we look at his name, it is holy. It's holy. It's sanctified. It's consecrated. And his name represents his authority, his character, his command, his excellence. Uh, go to John 14, 13 and 14. I'm just going to read about I think we need to see this scripture. John 14. Verse 13 to 14. John 14, verse 13 and verse 14. 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's why we go to the name that is above every name. Woo! In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Let me tell you something, it's not going to be in the future, but God will cause things to bow even today on in, in June in the year 2021. It's got to bow in the name of Jesus. So I, I'm going to wait till everything is comfortable before I cause it to bow. Now, you call the name of Jesus right now and watch Jesus cause it to bow. Notice what he says here. And whatever you ask in my name. Woo. And just in case you forgot his name, his name is Jesus. Don't ask in my name. Don't ask in Richard because you. Wait. But you need to ask the name that is above every name. 
Let me tell you something. Cancer got a name, but there's a name above cancer. Disease got a name, but there's a name above disease. Listen, debt got a name, but there's a name above debt. Listen, what? Well, listen, oppression and depression got a name, but there's a name above that name. And that name represents his authority. And nothing can come before our God. And when he said, I like this part. If you ask anything in my name, whew, according to his will, like he said earlier, he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll produce it. I'll make it come to pass. Listen, I like this definition. I might even have to construct it. I might have to even, I might have to make something to cause it to happen in your life. Well, I, they, ain't, they ain't made it yet. It don't matter to God. God will construct it and cause it to be in your, in your possession. God know how to do things, y'all. We don't serve a weak God. We don't serve no unintelligent God. God knows everything. And he can do anything, save fail. I like this. He says, oh, I like this. In the name of Jesus, demons going to be cast out. In the name of Jesus, sickness going to be healed mentally as well as physically. Lord, in the name of Jesus, he'll give you answers to small as well as large challenges challenges and so forth at the name of Jesus. Woo. Next thing he says here, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your rule, your reign, your dominion, your power. It's, it's going to become, it's going to be established. It's going to show itself mightily. And I like what, um, I think it's the book of Romans talks about. The kingdom of God is not meat and drinks, but joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Know what? The Spirit of God comes inside of us. And see, when, when you got the kingdom coming in you, you can use that name. You can use it. Oh, you don't need my permission to use it. When you're born again, a child of God, you can go wherever you go and use that name. I always say, don't use the name unless you want something. Don't be just calling his name haphazardly. The name of Jesus is to be used at the right time and when you need his help. For he is a present help in the time of need. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your desires, your purpose, your decrees be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice the Lord is teaching us to pray by telling us what to say about him and his power, who he is. He's teaching us, revealed to us his character, his power, his excellence in his name. He also teaching us to pray at a high level by telling us to say your kingdom come, your royal power, your dominion come in our lives. When other things are trying to dominate, trying to take over, sometimes you better tell Jesus, I need your help. Sometimes you can't even say, oh, you got to be in a position that when God, listen, when the enemy's trying to take over and he's trying to take over with thoughts of oppression, depression, suicide, thoughts of murder, thoughts of anger. You got to say, hey, this ain't God. Jesus, take over my mind. Take over my mind. I want the peace that passes all understanding. I want to look at people like you look at people, God. Then he goes on to say, uh, give us day by day our daily bread. Grant to us, yield to us 
our daily or needful or necessary bread. Bread represents food. It represents provision. It represents substance. And the Lord teaches us to understand who we're speaking to. He tells us in Luke 11 and 3, he says, listen, Lord, thank you for supplying our daily bread. I appreciate the fact that God provides food for our table. Don't never take food for granted, boy. Don't never take food for granted. Lord, Lord, please don't. Luke 11 and 4. It starts to make the prayer even more personal. Luke 11 and 4. When it goes on to sing, uh, tells us, let me read Luke 11 and 4. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Our personal sins could come from chaos, confusion, restless nights, heart palpitation, and such like. In other words, we're so busy doing what we shouldn't be doing, which is wandering away from the will of God. It brings about chaos. It brings about confusion. It brings about restless night. It brings about stress. It brings about heart palpitation and so forth. Therefore, God says, forgive, forgive. Forgive. Be intentional about forgiving. The Lord told us to ask for forgiveness of sins. Now, it's interesting when the Lord is teaching this, he says, and forgive us our sins. Now, we know the Lord didn't mess up. The Lord made no mistake. So, he know, he wasn't talking about himself. He was talking to us. He was talking to us. And so the Lord was showing us what we need to do in prayer. Forgive us our sins. Please disregard and let go, Father. Please, of the errors and the mistakes. And when we did wrong by you, God, let me say this to you before I go further. But always have an attitude of repentance. Always have an attitude of repentance. Don't never think you too high-minded that you can't ask God to forgive you. And after you ask God to forgive you, don't follow his instructions. You may have to go to some people and ask them to forgive you too. Now, who in the world are we trying to hold some people in bondage? Let me say that to you again. Who are we to hold people in bondage? We might get upset with folks, but let's face it. You know, all that, you know, I'm telling you, all that stuff God forgave you for. I didn't get half an amen on that one. That's okay. I'm going to keep talking right there until I get it. You know that time you was at that place? You didn't have no business being. You know that time you you almost... It went no almost to it. You literally gave them a piece of your mind. And then you came back and said, God, you know what? I'm so sorry. I didn't really mean to cuss them out like that. It sure felt good, but I really didn't mean to. You did it, huh? And you remember that time where you were supposed to be studying scripture and you ain't seen your Bible since last Sunday? And you remember that time you spoke over in prayer. Oh, Lord, you don't want to pray 10 minutes a day. Five days we got, you know, God, you know, I'm going, Lord, I was so slack last week. Lord, I didn't say no father, Jesus, nothing, amen, and nothing. I said, Lord, this week I'm going to do better. This week I'm going to pray 10 minutes a day and I'm going to study my Bible woo, every day for 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. God, I'm going to give you all my time, God. And here it is, Friday. You ain't even seen your Bible since last Sunday. Pray. Oh, no, you watch now TV. Oh, yeah, you got Netflix down. You got Hulu down. You got them video games down. Oh, that phone? You know everybody on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't talk about uh TikTok. Woo! 
Boy, you have watched. You have watched. You have watched. Your all should be. All that swiping you doing over there. I mean, you should have smooth. That finger should be, I mean, that thing should be rock solid, boy. And now you're going to try to hold somebody else in bondage? You ain't praying. You ain't studying your Bible. I, mean, I, I can imagine God be looking at us. I know they ain't saying nothing. Can you imagine God looking at some, some of us sometimes we try to get on folks and like, like we all big and bad. Like, I know they ain't saying nothing. I'm all, the way they acted in the store the other day. I know they ain't saying. If I didn't cover them, they'd be in jail right now. I know they ain't saying nothing. Because it was close. I knew what they wanted to do, but I had to give them a shield of protection. I had to bring in a, 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 a manager to help them. I had to bring in somebody else to help them because they were about to go off on them. And then they got the nerve to try to hold. Please forgive us, God. Have mercy on our soul, Father. And Father, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Disregard or let go. Everybody who is indebted owes. uh, When I read that, I thought about this point. Who we think owe us something. Who we think owe us something. Just let it go. Let it go. They did the wrong, Pastor Dobbs. God knows. That's why he said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. It's not worth it. Hold them in bondage. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us in, but deliver us from evil. You know what I like about, one thing about deliverance from evil, God knows what the evil is. A lot better than we do. Let him deliver you. We want to keep this all in mind. Let me read these last few points in this text here. He laid a foundation that covered several areas we need to model in our prayer time. Let me give you these. You may have to write these down or you can just get the podcast and listen to it. He established who God is and what he can do. Remember, he said, our father, he established who God is. This is our model. This is our pattern. We may not pray exactly like this, but it should be a version of this. You need to know who God is when you're praying. You need to know that the name that is above every name is holy and is sacred. His name is Jesus. You need to invite the authority and rule of God here on the earth. And don't just talk about the earth. Talk about in Noonan, in Hiram, in Bularuka, in Buckhannon, in Bremen, in Tallapoosa, in Waco, in Douglasville, in Atlanta, wherever it is, invite his will in your life. I want it done. I want it done at my house. I want it at my house. Yeah, I, where, where you work at? Invite him there. What do you go? Your children go to school at? Invite him there. Don't listen. I don't want no prayer in my school. It don't matter. Invite God into the school. Invite God. Say, God, I want you to go to my child's school. I want you to watch over him, protect him. Keep his mind safe, keep her mind safe, whatever it is. Invite him in there. Let me tell you, if you all God's way for somebody to do is invite him in. You want him at your house? Invite him. What does scripture say? He stand at the door and 
He didn't wait for somebody to let him in. Will you let him in? Will you let him in? Will you let him in? Ask God to provide daily nutrients, both spiritually and naturally. Instruct us to ask God for forgiveness of sins. He wants us to forgive those who are indebted to us. Pray that we don't lead us in temptation or rebellion against God. And for God to rescue us from the evil one. Lord, continue to teach us here at OCC how to pray and continue to bring maturity in our prayer lives. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.